The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. First prize is a brand new Cadillac. Second prize are a bunch of gutting the sacred cow stickers like you see here. Third prize is you're fired. Hey gang, Kevin Goatee here. Boy, are we excited to tell you about the brand new episode we have right now. And that's James Gavsey, our buddy who did Once Upon a Time in Hollywood last year, has come back to do Rocky 1, 2, 3. Before we get to it, guttingthesacredcow.com every day. People are putting the that doesn't happen in their daily lexicon. I love that. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com if you, if you want to say hi or if you want to advertise. Without further ado, James Gazzy returns to do Rocky 3. Gather round is what I know. Seven in a row. Hey, you, get back here. Hey, try not to suck any dick on the way to the parking lot. Kevin Israel, name that film. Now you're just, you're like disrespecting me. Now, I, like, I get that I don't know your fucking, the, the random quotes that are on the extra CD of fucking Wall Street or whatever, but this is offensive. <laughs> I saw my brother this week and he goes, your co-host really doesn't know the most basic quotes. Yeah, that's because the two of you probably sat in a room for just... All summer, just memorizing random movies. I tell you what, audience, if you think – I'll put a poll out there, but I want you to sound off. If you think I'm too hard with my quotes, say so. If uh, Kevin Israel is off his game with the quotes, say so. That's Yeah, because Twitter ever takes anybody's side. They're just going to love tearing me apart. Anyway, that just, just so nobody goes, but he never said who it was. It was Clerks. Um, which and they just announced that Clerks Three got picked up by some studio. Yeah, his. Okay. No, like, well, like Warner Brothers or somebody just. Oh, he's not going back to Miramax. <laughs> no, somebody. No, somebody else picked it up. Oh, good. It's gonna stink for another studio to have that bomb in their hands. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, gutting the sacred cow. What's going on? We are back. We're hoping that you've loved all of our past episodes but i dare say the departed is a great one i dare say that yes. i dare say that saw was a great one and i dare say our buddy david the producer did a masterful job yet again with pirates of the caribbean do you concur kevin israel how are you uh, of course i concur I, I thought so simpatico yes again and of course we've got it's going to be the uh a little time of favorite guests and that favorite guest we have today is from everyone's favorite uh, game show, quiz show, what, what would happen if you pit two superheroes against each other or two video game characters against each other. And the title is aptly named Who Would Win? And as creator, James Gavsfee joins us yet again. James, buddy, 
Welcome back, James. Thank you, both of you. I am uh, honored to be here. And uh, you almost got my last name correct this time. Gabsy. Yeah, you were Gabsy. That's okay. It's a very common name. Uh, (laughs) Would not be something anyone would say ever, actually. There's very few of us. We're like this mighty Sasquatch. No one knows. We're very rare in nature is what I'm trying to say. I feel like in first grade, we're in kindergarten. When the teacher first said your name, you were probably just like, good enough. That's fine. <laughs> they, you know, in kindergarten, because uh, uh, growing up in French Canada, uh, they didn't call me James. They called me Jami, which was uh, Quebecois for beat the shit out of this kid at recess. Did so, they really call you Jami? Jami. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jami, Vienna, I'm like, I'm going to I'm going to um, I'm going to murder you while you're sleeping. That's uh, that's going to happen. And by murder you, do you mean throw O. Henry bars at you or something? I don't know. Maybe a Cadbury. Is that I don't know the I don't know a Canadian candy bar. I thought O'Henry was for some dumb reason. Yeah, it is. I think it is O'Henry Cadbury. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First so of all, it would be O Henri. Oh. <laughs> and did they apologize immediately after throwing said candy bars at you and say sorry? Okay. Yeah, they would. They would. They did. I got kicked out of Canada for not apologizing enough. Evidently, that's a thing. So uh, you know, I'm not going to start now. Jam James is one of our four favorite Canadians, Wayne Gretzky being one, Terrence and Phillip being two and three, and then James sure. being number four. Thanks. Thanks. We've apologized for uh, Celine Dion, by the way, many times. There's, uh, you can't apologize enough. I know. It's, uh, like, it's also, like Jello. There's always room for more. Sorry. Go ahead. Still, still waiting for Brian Adams' apology to come on through. <laughs> <laughs> he is a national treasure. Oh, you know what? Actually, you know what? You owe us another one. Seth Rogen. You guys can shove him up your dick hole. He's been a <laughs> <laughs> You you don't like that laugh? That's a that's like a liquid blanket. Yeah, he hasn't been, he, he hasn't been funny since dial-up modem was still around. All right, James has chosen a film that I think is going to strike the heart of Kevin Israel. Maybe me too. And that is the ever popular sequel, not Rocky two, not Rocky four, not Rocky five, because that would not count. Rocky no. three. A 1982 release, a budget of $17 million, a budget of $124 million, but in 2021 dollars, turned that into a $47.8 million budget, a $349.1 million gross. That's some hot shit. A, oh, I almost jumped out. IMDB, as we know, scale 1 through 10 with decimal points. James Gavs- Gavsey. There you go. Look at you. Uh, what's that little boot? Uh, I want you to give me what the IMDb score is for Rocky three, one to 10 with decimal points. You want me to give that to you right now? I want you to give me a guess. I have the, oh, a guess. I'm going to have to go with uh, a very generous, uh, 1.369. You're being a queef already. I don't like, I, I, it's, I, it just comes naturally. Kevin Israel. Uh, seven, four, six, eight. I was close. I can, I'll take it. I was close. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, one through 100 percentage score. Critic score, Kevin Israel, you're up. I'm going to stay in the 70s. I'm going to go uh, 72. James? I'm going to give this one like a 93. 63 for the critics. Wow. Damn. James, how about the audience score? Oh, definitely. That's got to be low 90s. 92. 81. 74. What? Yeah. Wow. Quotes. Oh, I just happened to be in a festive mood, so I'm wearing my Thunderlips. Yes. (laughs) The ultimate male. The greatest thing about Rocky III, by the way. (laughs) Quotes. Thunderlips in the flesh. The ultimate male versus the ultimate meatball. (laughs) Rocco, remember the neighborhood. I'm not done with you yet, meatball. (laughs) Kevin's really getting his hate for Italians out today. Oh my gosh! That's... Wait, wait. Well, now we're now we're in a shift. Hey, woman. Hey, woman. Tell you what, since your old man got no heart, why don't you bring your pretty little self to my apartment tonight, and I'll show you what a real man is. What's I've... your prediction for the fight? Pain. And how could I be? How could I leave this one hanging? I'm sorry, Kevin. No, I don't hate Balboa, but I pity the fool. <laughs> You know, that quote you made about uh, Clever Lang's talking to Adrian at that press conference when I unveiled the statue, the way you said that, I felt like you were saying that to me. And I got to tell you, I, 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 the answer is yes. <laughs> like, 
Goatee is yeah. very seductive. He is. I don't know what's happening. I was very. I'm, all, yeah. I'm very confused right now. It's that, it's that comedy hosting and voiceover finally. Kevin, is if, Bill, did I leave any meat on the bone for you? A little bit. A little bit. You actually didn't pick any of the ones I had. Oh, well. oh that's a first. Nobody does this much for charity. Bob Hope would. Uh, that's true. That's a good one. <laughs> and I'm surprised you didn't get this one because I love this and I forgot all about it. This guy will kill you to death. And then the last one, which I, I'm actually, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to even say, but it really showed the time this movie was was made. Oh, motherfucker, I know you're. You can't kidding. train to this jungle junk music. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> they said that, and I was just like, wow. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm gonna cut that and play that as a sound clip for. I know, I know. Time. I'm not now. I'm never gonna become a, <laughs> now. My my dreams, my senatorial bid is just done. I can't. Done. Wait. I can't wait till we do Boys in the Hood on this podcast. I'll play that <laughs> nonstop. <laughs> James, any quotes jump out at you, sir? Uh, you know, um, I, uh, anything that Mickey said, anything that Mickey said, yeah, I got one more rock. You know, I don't, or I got none more Emmy rock. Like anytime he said that, that was, I use that one a lot. I've been using that one a lot. Whenever my wife asked me to do something, I'm like, I got none left, you know, but. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right, well, now it's time for five fun facts. Five fun facts. Whoa, five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. This is the only fight in the entire Rocky series that does not go 15 rounds. It goes just three. This one, I was floored. Vince McMahon senior fired hulk hogan for appearing in this film as thunderlips and vince jr rehired him that does not surprise me even the mcmahons were just nazis about their property good god king that's thunderlips music <laughs> mr t was a bodyguard for any guesses do you guys know this one uh you know what i did I, and that's because that's how rocky met him that's how Stallone met him. Yeah, wasn't it like some club in Chicago? I th- yeah, I thought he was a bouncer at a club. He was a bouncer. Well, I just have him as a bodyguard for Muhammad Ali, Leon Spinks, and Sugar Ray Leonard. Oh, wow. <laughs> Stallone could not get the rights for, I'll let you try it, guys try and guess. So he got Eye of the Tiger instead. What well-known, I would say, stadium anthem, famous song did he try and get but could not get the rights for? It's Raining Men. Oh, he will rock you. Another one bites. Another one bites the dust. Right, that's the one. That was my second choice, right there. Stallone got his body fat down to two point eight percent for this film. What was his diet? Ten egg whites, one piece of toast, and one piece of fruit. My sister was over while I was watching this, and she looks and she goes, "Did they digitally enhance his body?" I was like, "This was the '80s. They didn't do that at all for anything." Did you not see King Kong Bundy and Gorilla yeah. Monsoon? Well, it's so funny that he did that for this movie because in Rocky 1 and Rocky 2, he had like a normal athletic-looking kind That's of right. body. Even in Rocky 1, it was bordering on just an average body. And then this one, he, the first time they show him, it's like, wow, I guess steroids work. They just... Well, well wait, that, if, he, yeah, he, if he had 2.8% for Rocky 3, did he have like negative body fat for Rocky 4? <laughs> I mean, like, what just, the hell happened? He just filmed Rambo because Rambo was 82 without even looking, mm. right? So he had to be hot off that. And uh, that's the deal. Okay. Now time for our favorite news segment, Ask a Gutter. I need to get a theme song. Let's see. Brandon Oglesby. James, you're going to go after the fighting scenes in this movie the way you did in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and when you hated Bruce Lee's portrayal? No. He was nodding while he said that, by the way. For those who are <laughs> no. watching. That's right. No, I, you know what? I, the fighting scenes are one of the few things I don't have a real issue with. I, you know, as, as, as a fight connoisseur, of course, I could pick them apart and say, like, wait, that's not anywhere how someone react to getting hit you know right when rocky comes back and i was like oh my god it's a new skilled rocky yeah what's his new skill he threw a jab and a cross like you know double jabs and jab wow that's highly advanced boxing he was moving but, his feet james he was moving I his know, feet right to uh, that 
uh, eloquent music you quoted earlier. Yeah, so it's uh, I'm not going to take any of that. It's everything else about his character that I will absolutely destroy. Who from the Rocky franchise, and this is from Lord Snurts, who from the Rocky franchise would you like to fight? Who would win in a tag match? You and Almighty Ray versus Clubber Lang and Thunderlips? So who would you like to fight? First of all, well, yeah, one at a time. Who would you like to fight? Rocky Francis. Wow. You know what? I would be honored to fight the, the real uh, crown jewel of the Rocky series, and that's Bridget Apollo Nelson? Creed. Oh. oh, sorry. The, the secondary uh, crown jewel, Apollo Creed. He was the one. I'm telling you, Apollo Creed, if he had the eye of the tiger the way Rocky did in Rocky II, this would be a completely different uh, film franchise. Mm-hmm. It would just be absolutely crazy. So Apollo Creed's number one. I'd love to fight them all. I'm not saying they're not awesome because they are. It'd be an honor in a tag team match. You know, you're talking about Hulk Hogan in his prime. This is a large human being, 6'8", 300 and probably 20 pounds and fairly lean. Yeah, I want to fight him. That'd be awesome. I see. <laughs> I, would pay, I would pay per view to see that. I used to, on a side note, when I was doing, uh, when I was living in Georgia, there were a bunch of WCW guys in my MMA gym. So we would train all the time. So going against larger bodies, the strategy is um, let them run out of gas, right? Let them run out of energy. And then that's when you, you know, jump in. I'm not saying Hulk Hogan doesn't have a big gas tank, but, you know, I, I pray he doesn't have a big gas tank is what I'm saying. So that's exactly how James talks about how he raped Diamond Dallas Page in the WCW days. Just <sighs> You saw the video? Very nice guy, by the way. I met him a couple of times. Very nice guy. And, and he looks like he could throw down. Oh, he, he's, he was definitely one of those guys who was a legit fighter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And by the way, Rick Rude was a monster. Monster Ravishing fighter. Rick Rude. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, right before he passed away, he was at my jiu-jitsu school in Atlanta, Roswell, Georgia. And I saw him there. And I went like, oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God. I couldn't even talk. And the head of the school is like, don't worry. Next week, I'll introduce you guys. I see you guys becoming training partners. You guys are going to get along great. And then, unfortunately, he passed away a couple of days later. <laughs> Jesus. That's a uh, good uh, that's little a sidebar. That's a little, um, that's, a, that's a little Canadian charm there you have, I guess. I well, know. you know, it's what I do. <laughs> R.I.P. R.R.R. Yeah. Uh, a couple of the usuals. Who hurt you? That's the next po- the post. Uh, that would be from Bango, our buddy Bango out there. Want to know who hurt you? Why do you, uh, why do you hate this film? You know, it's because why, but we'll get the label. You know, again, it's when I when I I clearly demonstrate with well laid out points what kind of monster Rocky was in this movie emotionally and what he did and how how uh, selfish he was when you really see what he did. Um, You can't you can't go for this guy. At the end of it, I was like hoping Clubber Lang would just wreck this guy. My my my. And that looks like that's all, if I can't find any more, of Ask a Gutter. So, Kevin Israel, we now turn to James Gavsey, who is from the Who Would Win show, where you could actually hear myself on there. Two episodes of fine judging, if I do say so myself. And Kevin Some of Israel- our highest rated episodes, by the way. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, and Kevin Israel appeared in an episode as well. So you can check us out on James' Good. awesome podcast. Give him a listen. He's a good That's dude. That's a lot of fun. Kevin, Thank you. So, yeah, it is. Kevin, it is now time for James Gavsey to gut, gut the, the sacred, sacred cow. cow. I can feel the excitement. <laughs> All right. All right, you want me just you want me just to start? I, I'm gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and apologize in advance. I actually do love the Rocky franchise. I'm gonna just say that uh, Rocky Four was fantastic. Uh, Rocky One and Two are classics. Uh, interesting how they went from Rocky Four directly to Rocky Six, and then the Creed series of films were also <laughs> fantastic. You know, uh, artistic choice and numbering, but I'm not gonna disagree. Rocky Three, however, I got some big problems. I'm gonna lay them out for you. So the beginning of Rocky Three, we see that uh, Paulie's in a bad place. And Paulie is Adrian's brother, his, uh, Rocky's brother-in-law. And uh, the reason he's in a bad place is he feels not appreciated by Rocky. He's with Rocky for years, known him before he was famous. And uh, turns out he didn't have a job. All he wanted was a job, a job. That's it. Not even a high pain, just a job. And what did Rocky say? He said, of course. No, he didn't say, of course. He didn't give him a job. What did he do? He said, you got to ask for it. Like kiss the ring. That's that was I'm like, wait a minute, something's up here right away. 
that's that that's the first cue that something's up with this rocky all right let's keep going um now with a fight with thunderlips i love that match again that's my favorite part of the movie um after rocky gets thrown out of the ring you know uh, he tells Polly to pull out a knife because he just happened to have a knife for the boxing match and you know cut, cut off his gloves and then he had taped up hands right he didn't take off the taped up hands hulk hogan or sorry thunderlips didn't have taped up hands no he kept the taped up hands cheating mind you went back into the ring good tactics and starts hitting him with taped up hands you know what that can do to a human being like that was hurtful that was evil that was sinister and uh not a good person not a good person wait so can taped up hands because i the only thing i ever fight with is my wife and i always lose um so taped up hands can actually hurt more than bare knuckles Yes. So here's the deal. Bare knuckle boxing on a side note is actually way safer than boxing. Way yeah, safer than I've MMA. heard that. Yeah. Um, and this is because um, I don't know if you guys remember Ken Shamrock was slated to do a bare knuckle boxing match. So I, I got I was lucky enough to get a chance to talk about it. And he said with taped up hands, your hands are so protected that you kind of transfer that concussive force or energy through the skull casing into the brain a lot better than if you had bare knuckles and also knuckles can break much easier because there's nothing reinforcing it like tape so the out your face looks like messed up and it's bleeding and everything it's cut but that's way safer of an alternative than your brain getting concussed over and over and over again with that crazy i mean if you ever tape up your hands really really well you can smash walls you know hit cars all that kind of stuff you know it's it's crazy yeah and that's, that's what i'm doing after this that's what sylvester stallone did to Thunderlips. horrible horrible move uh that's what cheaters do and cheaters never prosper so moving on uh at the unveiling of a statue okay so they've already talked uh with um you know adrian and mickey his managers already said okay you're done we're all on the same pace you know Sylvester, yeah Rock said, yeah i'll retire he announces his retirement. Clubber Lang says that little quote that you made about, you know, Adrian saying also that, you know, Rocky's not a real man. This is Rocky. He comes from the streets. He's dealt with trash talkers. And all of a sudden he's like, hey, I'm going to ignore everything I've just talked to my family and loved ones about because it's for my safety, my health, regardless of my 180,000 year old manager and my wife, who's kind of like socially, socially awkward and wants to have a life with me. No, screw all that. Let's fight this guy who I just met and had no idea who he was until this very moment, who's now my top priority in life of all time. What kind of monster does that, right? Moving on. Okay, so I'm, I hope I'm painting this picture for you pretty well. Oh, yeah. uh, okay, so Mickey, they go back to his house, and Mickey's like, you know, you can't do this, Rock. I'm out of here. I'm packing my stuff. And what does Rocky do? You know, remember, I come from a very conservative Jewish household. I recognize guilt. <laughs> Okay. I recognize guilt. What did ah, you son of a bitch? <laughs> yeah. What did Rocky do to a Jewish guy? Mind you, this is horrible. This is our kryptonite. He's like, you know, okay, you know, it's my last fight. You know, whatever, you know, I sound kind of like whatever, but you know, he says, Hey, do one last fight with me. Let's go. Let's, you know, one more, just I'll make it worth a while. And then we'll have our life and we'll do all this kind of good stuff. And of course, Mickey reluctantly, you know, you know, agrees knowing his health is on the line, but it's Rocky. It's kind of like kids for his, his son. He's going to do it. It's all really cool. So what does Rocky do with this heartfelt commitment from Mickey? You know, something that he's going to dedicate literally his last ounces of life to. Well, he rents out a freaking ballroom at a hotel, (laughs) right? Has an amusement park thing going on, playing music, posing for pictures as he's training and telling Mickey, ah, no, we should enjoy it because you're going to die soon. So let's live it up and let's, you know, have me get met. Anyway, horribly selfish act. Doesn't care about anyone else. It's all about him. Remember, he just said, I'm not going to retire anymore. Even after saying I'm going to retire. Let me move. James, on. are you suggesting that the Italian stallion is yeah. in fact Jewish? No, I'm saying the Italian stallion knows, you know, he's much farther than he looks. He knows how to use Jewish guilt really well. He's weaponized it to such a degree <laughs> that it's ridiculous. I mean, I've, I grew up in an Orthodox synagogue. Okay. I recognize weaponized Jewish guilt. It's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. And Sylvester Stallone. Rocky mastered it. Okay, moving on. So they're at the fight, right? And everything's kind of going, whatever. And they go in the stairwell. By the way, who has both fighters come out of the stairwell at the same time? Maniacs. Right, maniacs. That's a horrible mismanagement of fighters. Anyway, whatever. As they're doing this, Clubber Lang gets into it with uh, Rocky and then shoves Mickey so hard that he slams into the staircase. Remember that? Or the railing? And then starts having his heart attack right then and there. Um, and then dies later. Okay. So I'll get to that in a second. So he's just like aggravated, assaulted Mickey. And what does Rocky want to do? 
uh, hey, I want to punch you first and then like, you know, get into it. And then later on, he notices that Mickey's like all like in the fetal position, hunched over and everything. Well, thanks for that concern, Rocky, you monster. Anyway, they go back to the, the dressing room and Rocky's like, hey, Mick, I can't, you know, I shouldn't go out there and fight if you're not well. By the way, any good fighter would say that and I can't do that. And that fighter would be disqualified for, you know, what's called manslaughter, right? Because he pretty much just killed Mickey. And instead, Mickey's like, no, no, no. And Rocky's like, Okay, I'll go and fight. Thanks. Took no convincing, like none. Like Rocky's like, hey, I should really be here. And Mickey's like, no, 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 you should go, go, go fight. And Rocky's like, all right, you said it. Okay, bye. Hope you don't die until <laughs> I get back. Of course he does. Uh, and then he gets just shellacked in the ring because he's scared because he realizes his uh, life choices just didn't work out that well for him. Um, you know, I, I could go on, go on. Here, here's the last part of this. So, you know, at the end of it, uh, you know, he goes to LA. He's training with uh, Apollo Creed. Best call of the day, by the way. And there's that beach scene where they're trying to sprint. And he's just like, he gives up on the sprint. So Adrian comes over and says, hey, you know what? You got to do this fight for the right reasons. Okay. So he's got his kid at home. Maybe he could fight for his manager, his foster dad, for all intents and purposes, has just literally been murdered. And it was his kind of like partly his responsibility. Uh, And Adrian's like, don't fight for Mickey. Don't fight for anyone. Don't even fight for me, his wife. Do it for you motherfucker this is what got him into that mess in the first place doing all the part of my language doing all this shit for himself being a selfish selfish monster throughout this whole process and then adrian's like no do it for you he already was doing it for him and then for some reason he's like well since you said it fuck it i'm doing it for me time to have our, my training montage then he has his training montage goes back fights clever lang right does does his thing actually wins does he offer clever lang an immediate rematch the same way Clubber Lang, as as noble of a soul as he is, offered Rocky a rematch, an immediate rematch. No, not at all. Nothing. He's just like boom, and that must have caused a, a horrible tailspin for call for uh, Clubber Lang because we never see him again in the entire franchise. Uh, add all that together, add all that together, and Rocky's a monster, horribly selfish person, and that's why this movie is horrible because it celebrates being a selfish monster uh, and death of your manager. Wow. Give me a number one to 10 there, potty mouth. I'll be sure to take my filthy language under your podcast next time I come on. <laughs> I just got very passionate about this shit. I'm that's sorry. Fine. Um, listen, the fight scenes, the fights and everything, that's a strong nine out of 10 for me. All right. The actual character development and the horrible structure of the emotional turmoil that feeds why Rocky does whatever the fuck he's doing. I'm giving that a two. Overall score of? Uh, so I'll, I'll say 4.5. Wow. These notes brought to you by gutting the sacred cow, where every day you can find fantastic blog articles Monday through Friday, including our favorite new section. And people love this, by the way, you were getting quoted from it here and there, Kevin. That's of course our, that doesn't happen where we pull out something that they try and pass off as commonplace in movies, but does not happen in real life. Gutting the sacred cow at gmail.com if you want to advertise with us. Notes. Paulie is such a piece of shit. At what point in real life would Rocky and Adrian cut bait? He is that liability friend you have when you go out to go to the bar and this guy always gets in fights because, you know, you get in a fight because of this fucking guy. That's when you ask that question, then someone always answers, Well, we've known him for 20 years. That title belt that Rocky has must be the belt from the first film when they had no budget because I think they should have by now, being the budget was $17 million, upgraded from something that you can win at a crane game at an arcade down the shore. <laughs> That's fair. Thank you. Mickey's hearing aid looks like he's a UN translator for Rocky's mumbling. He's Paulie- not? Yeah, he's not. Paulie does not seem like the type to get drunk and go into an arcade, but Kevin Goatee and Kevin Israel sure as fuck are. <laughs> you took my, you, you, you took it. Did I God really? damn it. Ah, it's so good. I miss, I miss being, I miss being drunk at arcades. That was so much Isn't fun. Isn't it great? Oh, we're due. You and I are due. Yeah. Is, is, you guys don't have Dave and Buster's? You can't do the same thing? Oh, Dave and Buster's is for the children. We play in the old school arcade games where it's like 10 bucks to go in and play all for an hour or whatever. It's, uh, that's what we play. Yeah. Games. I just, I, I just miss real arcades, like the smell of a real smell, arcade, the sound. Say, there's, there's a certain smell. Oh, yeah. There is. It's like a combination of, uh, urine and despair. And, and yeah. And prepubescent sweat and lost dreams. 
Is Stallone <laughs> obligated to have his brother's do-do-do-do? Did he have that in Stop or My Mom Will Shoot as well? Did I miss that? Every fucking film you have to hear this. As an 80s kid, it doesn't get better watching than Rocky fighting Hulk fucking Hogan and Mr. T. This is the fucking summit. <laughs> Thunderlips. Wow. Love him. Tense my shirt. Thunderlips calling Philly fans trash gave me a semi boner. I have a smile on my face the entire time I watched that fight. Seven-year-old Kevin came right back out. And, of course, only garbage Philly fans throw trash into the ring at a charity event. (laughs) Only Philly fans. (laughs) They keep making my case for me. I know we have a few Philly fans out there. We love you, but we don't love your town. Clubber Lang is the best Rocky villain, hands down. He oozes hatred out of every pore for every second. He could have killed Rocky. Yes, you can argue Drago is the same thing. But the hatred he had for everything and everybody around him was fucking brilliant. Rocky crying during Mickey's death sounded like a manatee eaten by a shark. (laughs) Or a fat girl having an orgasm. I couldn't figure out which one. Rocky throwing his helmet at the the Rocky statue is almost as bad as Tobey Maguire doing angro emo dancing in Spider-Man 3 and Kevin Bacon doing angry airplane hanger dancing in Footloose. A third musical we did, by the way. At a dance. What a piece of shit film. That was too Footloose. Apollo standing in the gym at Nicky. Sorry, Apollo standing in the dark at Nicky's gym, scaring the shit out of Rocky. Dude, turn a fucking light on. You don't need to do it in a practical joke and give him a heart attack instead of being all mysterious and suspicious. Just turn the light on, kick back, have a cup of coffee, shadow box in the ring. Don't scare the shit out of the guy. That was a little stalkery, isn't it? Not gonna lie, that was a little. That was a little. Yeah. Isn't the point of going back to your training roots not bringing your deadbeat brother-in-law or wife along on the trip? At least he learned his lesson in Rocky Four, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> to quote Kevin Israel, his uh, new favorite slogan he should put out as, as his new album, I don't like these people. You can't train to this jungle music. Hey, uh, Paulie, casual racism isn't usually a good idea in an all-black boxing gym. Just wanted to point out the obvious. There was nothing casual about that. That was blatant and in your face. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple examples of that. Yeah. That's, uh, but I mean, that's, that's the charm of Polly. He made it out alive. Right. Well, that's that kind there, of. I've seen strippers or in our current times, 15 year old high school girls wear more than that half shirt Apollo wore on the beach while running. <laughs> was he going to, was he going to headliners or what, Kevin? <laughs> I feel like there was a, there was like something happened in the wardrobe that day, and they were like, "Sorry, this is all we have." <laughs> we shrunk your shirt four times. Forget Brokeback Mountain. By the way, never saw that film. Don't plan on it. This is the most homoerotic film in film in film history. Is them frolicking in the surf? Why not just kiss and suckle each other instead of instead of continue this charade of banging a mousy housewife? No one's buying it. Yet another reason why this is the best villain in Rocky, Clubber Lang fights not only Rocky, not only pushes Mickey to the ground, as James has pointed out, he fights reporters and spectators. He was Ron Artest before fucking Ron Artest was even in high school, for Christ's sakes. That's some gangster shit. (laughs) I am not a boxing aficionado, but I do know a few things about fighting. Uh, why do Rocky and Clubber Lang never hold their hands up in that fight? They're landing 85% of the punches at all. That does not happen at all in a fucking professional fight. This final fight was way too short for my liking. Clubber Lang is a fucking killer. I would never suspect he'd be done after one knockdown. This should have went the goddamn distance like the first two. That being said... This film is a motherfucking classic, James, and I take much umbrage with you assailing the quintessential 80s movie with Hulk Hogan and Mr. T in it 
fighting everyone's favorite little plucky boxer. I fucking love the shit out of this film. This is the best Rocky. This is the best Rocky. I'll say that right now. It goes three, two, one, four, then Balboa, uh, then, no, I take that back. Yeah, then Balboa, then Creed, then Creed 2, and then... You shall not be named. And then Rocky yeah. <laughs> You know, is, um, the best Rocky by fucking far. And I give this film... Oh, by the way, it does pass the remote test, if you could not tell that. My wife and I verbatim, from the minute he walks in that ring to fight Thunderlips to the next 35 minutes, verbatim with the quotes. This film is a 7 out of 10. There are obvious cheesiness factors to it. Again, they needed to have a longer fight, uh, and Adrian continues to be useless in these films. They need to give her a better role. I don't know when her best role was in this film, but it needs to be better. She was uh, great in Rocky Six. <laughs> I was gonna say Balboa, where she's dead, but okay. Yeah, that's right. Which is six, actually. Jesus. Yeah, that's right, is it? Whoops, that's my fault. Seven out of ten. Kevin Israel, light him up. So I haven't, I haven't seen this movie possibly since the eighties. That's I, bullshit. I swear to God, You're no. On I, cable I, nonstop. I, I, I can't remember the last time I watched this movie. I, I, I complete. In fact. I completely forgot that there was two fights in this movie. <laughs> Although, I mean, I know they're leaving, leaving Thunderlips aside. I, yeah, leaving Thunderlips aside. I, I forgot that he fights Clever Lang twice. So this movie is an odd turn in the, in the, when you look at the, the four Rocky movie, the four original Rocky movies. The first two had a very similar theme and feel to them. Rocky was a salt of the earth guy. He was fighting to prove something. There was this whole the, the machismo behind. There was this whole thing behind Rocky that you could kind of understand and get behind. He was the underdog. And then in Rocky four, he's representing America. And like I said earlier, like so he was the, he was America in the Cold War. And it was he they took that little guy and they said, now look at America's fighting Russia. And that was but this movie was this movie is a strange thing because it's almost like a cartoon. It's almost like somebody saw the first two Rocky movies and was like, I could do this. And then just sort of made a cartoon out of it. Rocky, Rocky's become this like, I don't know if it's the makeup they put on him. He looks different because they even say Paul even says to him, you fixed your face. And uh, and he does. He looks completely different. He looks almost like a like a, a soap opera star. And his hair is quaffed perfectly. His hair is quaffed perfectly throughout the entire whether he's swimming, running, dancing in the ocean or getting the ship beat out of him. His hair is magnificent. I actually looked at my wife at one point and said he has really good hair and it never moves. I don't know what, you know, sheen he was using in it, but God bless his hair. It, but it, it's, it's a very strange movie. And when you see and then with the whole thing with Hulk Hogan. Which, by the way, I completely agree, Kevin. Seeing Hulk Hogan in this in this movie at that moment in his career, especially, and knowing who I was when I saw him, it's just it, it really did like make something happen in my heart. Like I just felt like I was that little kid again. Yeah. And he and Hulk Hogan, you forget, like because we're so used to seeing like WCW Hogan up till now. He was a, a handsome, impressive-looking man. Like he was a giant, just like comic book character of a man and that's why he was and he and he had such a huge personality and that even comes through and he's a terrible actor but it co even comes through <laughs> in 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 this it's just it, it was it's so much fun to watch but that scene that that uh charity scene first of all that fight would have never gone down like that they would have had a conversation beforehand about how they were fighting they they tried they did this weird thing where they tried to make wrestling seem real as the as opposed to the the fake, which that must have been something in some agreement. And it's interesting that Vince McMahon ended up firing Hulk Hogan because it almost felt like the McMahon stepped in and were like, "Fine, you can do this, but you can't let up the kayfab that this is with what this is. You need to make wrestling look real." Because that was a weird thing. Because obviously they wouldn't have really been fighting. Rocky wouldn't have been wearing gloves, and he would have not had gloves on. That that was just all very strange. But it's a, still a blast to watch. And then seeing him pick him up and throw him and, and jackknife power and or, or he, he pile drives him. It's that was fantastic. And and watching and the the funny thing is there's a scene where they're standing chest at wall. He's like his nose to his navel, and they must have put uh, Hulk Hogan up on a step. Because he's bigger than Stallone, not that much bigger. Oh, and they yes, say that he's. He, oh yes, he is. Hulk no, there's a there's a there's a picture of them standing next to each other, and the top of his head still comes up to like 
his shoulder. Like he's, I mean, he's a smaller guy, but he's not, it's, it's not like three feet taller. And they try to say that he's seven feet tall and 390 pounds. I mean, he's, <laughs> right. All right. He was a big guy, but he wasn't, he, he, he wasn't an ogre. Stallone is five foot two. And Ho- I think Hogan's like six, four. Hold on. No, Hogan's six, I think six, eight, seven, six, seven. He was six, six, seven, six, eight in the eighties. Now he's like probably closer to six, three. Yeah. Cause, uh, cause Chris Hemsworth is playing him in yeah. the, in the, in the, biopic and chris hemsworth is six three i think can't uh, wait. Can't yeah I, I i i i first of all the idea of chris hemsworth pulling off a hulk hogan accent is going to be amazing but just seeing that there's <laughs> i hulk hogan has a book out there about his early days and it's i can't remember what it's called but it is such a great book getting the inside it too. Yep. yeah it's it just seeing anyway we're not talking about hulk hogan um so yeah so the, the movie is very very cartoonish and it feels almost like they made like like a saturday morning cartoon of rocky but it and it still has all these like weird fun beats in it the the uh <laughs> the the scene in the the scene in the first fight where mick starts like grabbing his chest and like the, the you know they, they want to telegraph that mick isn't doing well and you like it almost seems like he has a little heart attack and then suddenly he's just like back in the ring and he's like oh god i'm right it was like that was the fastest recovery from a heart attack ever he's he's just suddenly fine and then he's just he's just he's just moving around and it also feels like it feels like the director said listen everything you did in rocky one and two turn that up by 10 because all the characters are so much mick is so much more and rocky's so much more they're just they're just complete characters of the two of the of the first two movies where they really establish who they were the whole i'm telling the whole movie feels like a feels like a cartoon and not to say that I didn't enjoy the cartoon. Um, the scene when he's getting the statue and they say Philadelphia's favorite son. Rocky was Philadelphia's favorite son. Second only to the cheesesteak guy, Gino, and Jimmy, who spits on the Giants every time they play the Eagles. Those two guys take the cake. <laughs> Wait a minute. I, I guess good old Benjamin Franklin's a piece of shit, huh? Oh, yeah. Right. That guy. What did he do? <laughs> and, that's that's, right. and that's stupid Bell. Every one of Rocky's opponents in every movie was an unstoppable killer. At some point, somebody says to Rocky in every single movie, the main bad guy that he's going to fight is going to kill him. You don't know what this guy, they said it about Apollo. You, he's, you're not untrained. You don't know what you're doing. He's going to kill you. They said it about uh, Clubber Lang. They said it about Drago. They said it about the younger guy that he fights in, uh, in Rocky, which, which is, or Balboa. Everyone's going to kill him. Everyone, Rocky should, it should almost be a thing where Rocky goes, you need to tell me he's going to kill me because that's how I know I'm going to win. If nobody <laughs> says he's going to murder me, I, I might lose. <laughs> the, uh, Ap- Apollo Creed. Uh, is in my opinion one of the most interesting characters in these movies like rocky's great rocky's great for what he stands for but apollo creed i love apollo creed and i love his journey through these movies as he goes from being this fighter to sort of rocky's friend to rocky's mentor to to the, to the guy who sacrifices himself um in, in that fight. And I think, I think it's, I think it's perfect. His, his journey through the, through the four movies is without a doubt, the best of any characters in this. And I, you know, and the fact that they went on to make movies about his son makes sense because I think just character wise and evolution wise, he was the best. And I totally agree with uh, goatee. Clubber Lang is the hands down best villain in this movie. If not one of the best villains of all time, he is fascinating. And that's where this movie falls really short for me. I wanted more of him and I wanted more about him. I wanted to know where he came from. What was his, what was his motivation? I wanted a little more about why he hated Rocky so much. I understand that like Rocky had everything and he became this flashy guy, but they jammed that all in so fast because from Rocky two to Rocky three, he suddenly became the celebrity and they give you the little montage where he's doing the American express commercial. And he's got this ridiculous house. And by the way, every Italian stereotype, I think came from this movie. I think every Italian watched this movie was like, that's the life I want to live. And I'm going to live that life and look like that guy. Cause it's like the white house and the driver and the gold chains. There's the scene where he's lying in bed with, uh, with, with Adrian and he's like, got the rings and the chain and everything. I just feel like every, every Italian in Staten Island was like that guy. He is, <laughs> he's who I want to be that guy. And that's where the folks who came up with, um, Oh my God, I'm blanking on it. What's that shit they always spray. We always make fun of them. The cologne. Uh, which cologne? 
The one that oh come on, it's a fucking ah. No, Chicard Noir or something? Nah, it, along that line, along that line. What, Obsession? Oh, oh wait, that is when the CEO of Axe Body Spray goes. That's, <laughs> that's our demographic. Yeah. <laughs> I got an idea. <laughs> Your cousin Marvin Barry. That, that, yeah. that, that kind of moment. Your cousin Gino. Yeah. So if if you watch this movie and you've seen the other two movies. You'll it, it, the the beats of this movie are all very obvious. Like obviously he was going to lose that first fight. If anybody was watching that movie, going he might win this one. You've never seen, <laughs> you've never been out of the box that you live in because he was obviously going to lose that fight. He he's doing everything wrong. That little like Rocky Con convention that he had going on oh, looked like a great time. But yeah. the fact they would he would never train in that. That's just ridiculous. Like Thank I get maybe they would do like a press day for that, but they would never train in that. And then so obviously he was going to lose and then he was going to have to build himself back up. Like all of this it was, you know, obvious. I do really like him going to the, the, the gym in the hood and training with Apollo's people. But I feel like. Even though they were trying to make the point that like, hey, look, we can all get along. It still felt so racist. <laughs> it still felt so there was so much racism poured into that, that it almost made racism like a joke. Like it was like, oh, like, of course, you're supposed to feel this way about these people. I mean, look at them. But Rocky's a nice guy, so he deals with it wouldn't and he gets be, something out of it and then just leaves. Wasn't that a nice donation that he yeah. made to that gym, by the way, and and and, and right. opened up so many doors for all these people that literally took him in and helped right. him? Wasn't that a great part of the movie? Oh, that's right. <laughs> Paulie walks in and goes, do you mind if we dance with your dates? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the whole thing with that. Yeah. I mean, it was all just. It felt very, and it, you know what's funny, Kevin? It's great that you said that because it felt very, the whole, the, all of that racial tension felt like that. They watched old uh, Animal House, saw that, and were like, hey, let's do that in this new Rocky movie. I was like, but that was a joke in Animal House. Here you're trying to make it kind of serious. The, I, I'm, not, I'm not even going to touch the beach training scene. You, but you both, you both killed it all. It's, it was absolutely ridiculous. And they, okay, I have to. The idea that Rocky suddenly won the race. <laughs> Like, like maybe he got a little faster. He didn't beat Apollo Creed in a no, race. Not a and if anything, if anything, a memoir should come out where Apollo admitted that, like, he let Rocky win that race because he knew Rocky needed the the, the boost of self confidence to to beat Clubber Lang. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I was holding back in the last twenty yards of that race. <laughs> and the reason why he won that race because he did more butterfly strokes. By the way, as a former swimmer, his butterfly stroke technique was like watching my six year old try to do the butterfly. Hint, she can't. But again, I get he's a boxer. He's not going to be able to do that. But watching with Stallone, choose freestyle. Everyone can do that. You can't fuck it up. But the butterfly is, you have to be in perfect synchronization to pull it off. Yet he chooses that stroke to do while and putting it in the fucking film. I forgot to add that in my notes. I, I guarantee you, he probably looked at all his strokes and was like, oh, that one, you can see the most of my shoulders. Like, I really want to, I want to see, this is what I want to see. Go, going back real quick. Uh, mixed death. Yeah. That would have never gone down like that. The minute he started having a heart attack, they would have called in the M- EMTs. They wouldn't have just left him in this room oh and some God. guy be like, you know, you got to, you can talk to him real quick, but we got him to get him to the hospital. No, that's not how emergency medicine works. They would have been in there. They would have dragged him. They would have been like, sorry, Rock, we got to take him to the, and then Rocky. But to your point, they said to Rocky, they're like, hey, you know, we got to take him to the hospital. What's Rocky do? Interrupts that whole process. Yeah. So, no, let me just talk to him for a minute. Hold on. Hold on. I got to mumble at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that that was that was that was just insane. The. Uh, yeah, everything, every like I said, everything about this movie felt like it was a little little bit overdone. And then the the end fight and all of the fights in Rocky and and I'm James I'm so I I texted Kev and I was like I know exactly where James is going with this and it was I was sure you were gonna just tear apart the fighting and I'm almost a little disappointed that you didn't but the there are more punches landed in the first 15 seconds of the first round of this fight than there are in most complete fights that go 15 rounds like there is never that many and whoever and listen. We all know in movies they have to make gunshots sound cooler and punches sound cool. Whoever decided that's what punches sounded like has never been punched or heard a punch. And every punch sounded exactly the same, regardless of who was throwing the punch, regardless of where they were hitting. It was all that. 
Oh, <laughs> noise. Uh. you know what it sounded like? Remember, remember the game Final Fights, the side scoring yeah. fighting game? Yeah. That's what it sounded like. Every punch, Hagger the Mayor, uh, Cody and Guy, game is fucking great. Listen, here's the deal. In the, in the, in the last fight where Rocky has finally discovered the mystery, the mystery of uh, boxing called the jab, and he's actually throwing it over and over, and you're watching Mr. T. He's trying to time the, his head moving back with the jab. They didn't edit this out. If you watch closely a couple of times, his head just goes back without actually being hit. Right? He's just like, oh, shit. Sorry. Yeah. Like, I, could, I can't tear these fights apart because it's like, like me fighting a, a 95-year-old man. You know what I mean? It's, I'm an <laughs> asshole if I do. And if I lose, you, you know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. The fights are horrible. <laughs> when the Thunder Lips match is the most, uh, you know, realistic of the when the boxing matches lose to the pro wrestling versus boxing match in terms of realism, you know you got an issue, right? And then and then Kev Kev was it was a good call that this I, I this fight should have gone longer. I feel like Clubber Lang got robbed for everything they built him up to be and this this great athlete and this whole thing. Right. He just kind of gets robbed at the end, and the end feels very anticlimactic. It feels kind of rushed at the end. The fight happens, he wins, and then there's this weird rubber match in a gym somewhere where Apollo and Rocky are wearing cod pieces for some reason. I don't know why they needed to wear those. Cause suddenly they were going to start punching each other in the dick. It's like we we're trained, <laughs> but you know what? In this situation, you might end up clipping my nuts. So I'm going to yeah. put this ridiculous thing on. And they both come out of their locker room and they're already glistening. My wife looked at me and she was like, why are they already shining? I was like, look at them. If I looked, I'd be shining all the time too. They're magnificent. But that and that was that I thought that was a, a strange thing. And how do you even do that fight? Like, how did that fight happen? And who calls the rounds? And who like? And what is it? That one I got with that one ten nine. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> so look, in the end, I like I said, I had to see this movie in many, many, many years. Uh, it really feels like a cartoon. We did Rocky recently. It feels very different than the other two movies. But I still did enjoy watching it. I, I enjoyed it. And, and James, I completely get your point. Rocky comes off as a complete asshole. He looks ridiculous in this movie. His, uh, the whole thing they did to him. But he sort of, I, I get what they were doing. And it was fun to watch. It doesn't fit in with any of the other movies. It doesn't fit within the Rocky ethos of who he was, who he was and who he became. But I, it, was, it was fun to watch. And as, a, as, a, as an 80s kid, Seeing, like Kev said, seeing Mr. T and and Hulk Hogan in a movie together with Sylvester Stallone, like it's like that's like the '80s, just like orgasms all over a movie. It's like what more can we throw in here? Oh, and by the way, Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> Come on, that the movie started with Eye of the Tiger, and I was like, we got to put this on pause, and I got to go do some bench press because I <laughs> I hear this movie and I just immediately have to go max out. So look. It's I just I I I very respectfully disagree with Kevin. It is not as good as Rocky one or two. It's a very different kind of movie. I feel like it's a much more almost action movie where the fir- the first two movies actually had like a story and evolution and a point to them. This was more just let's watch Rocky kick some ass and have some training montages and uh, Mr. T. So for me, it's for me, it doesn't compare to Rocky one and two or Rocky four, but. I still enjoyed it, and I, I don't. There's a music video. I gotta say. Oh, I love Rocky Four. Rocky oh Four. Good. It's good, but it's not bad. Come on. I can oh, I, oh my god. One and you two, know, I'll listen you on, but four, stop. First of all, you're both wrong. The best Rocky movies in order: Rocky Four, uh, Rambo Two, and, <laughs> and Stop or My Mom Will Shoot is a close third. Excuse me, Demolition Man needs to be in that top three, or I will come down there and fight you where you stand. That film I am fearful of this. I will I will gladly <laughs> retract that statement and put Demolition Man uh, in number two. But I do I, I I do agree that I think it does. I, and I haven't gotten a chance to see it. But if this was on, I would definitely there are definitely a lot of scenes in this movie that I would want to rewatch and enjoy. Uh, so for me, this movie is a five and a half. Oh, wow. Okay. Can I explain why you're both wrong? Quickly. Okay, real quick. Here's the thing. If you had to watch this movie, what are the parts you won't be sitting on your couch for? If, there's, if it's not a fight scene, will, yeah. will it, right? would you have gone to the fridge? Would you have like checked your phone? Would you have fast-forwarded, right? The only redeeming parts of this movie, I hate to say it, are the absolutely amazing you know, fight components to it. 
But you could say that about every Rocky movie because I remember saying the same thing as a kid. My dad was like, oh, you feel clear up your room and go, I will as soon as the, body, the fight's over. You know, and that's it. Other that's fair. Like, All right. So, yeah, I think from the, from the time Apollo steps in and starts helping him out, the movie really does pick up steam and you guys, you kind of see where the movie's going. And uh, the, all, I think, all, first of all, I can watch a training montage of Rockies, any of them. They're, it's fantastic. I just, I, I, I love them. So there are a lot of the conversation, a lot of the talking. Anytime he's with Adrian, it's just like, we don't need any of this. Like, <laughs> just, just They could just mention her every now and then. We don't need to see her talk to her. But uh, yeah, so like I said, for me, five and a half. For shame. And now it's do-do-do-do, critics five-star reviews time. Critics, five-star reviews. Critics, five-star reviews. Critics, five-star reviews. Rocky Three marks the point where the series starts to get silly, but the end result is so enjoyable that it's hard to carp too much. Next one, yeah. Learning from, learning, especially from Scorsese, in his approach to action and performance, writer-director star Stallone has somehow contrived to make each of his movies into a more magnificent, magnificent spectacle than the last. Decent sequel, kind of cartoonish, but lots of good fights. Better than Rocky Four. People love to bash the third Rocky, but this film is as invigorating as any in the series. True. Critics, one-star reviews. Critics, one-star reviews. Critics, one-star reviews. Rocky was a right hook that hit satisfying home. Rocky 2 is a good follow-up left. Rocky 3 is a redundant flurry of fisticuffs long after the match has been won, and the referee has raised the victor's arm. I really like his commitment to that analogy. I was just going to say, in for a wow. pound, in for a pound. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What did he say about Rocky Four? They get concussion syndromes and shit. <laughs> PTSD. Rocky takes on Mr. T. Fans catch some Zs. That's fucking bullshit. If That's anything, wrong. anything is film is nothing but excitement and all the, especially the key moments. Fuck you. This is when the Rocky series went from good to horrible crap. Nope. That's an overstatement. The formula was starting to become tiresome by now. And so can somebody please explain how Rocky suddenly became more articulate in this one, despite more punches to the head? <laughs> you know, I was going to classes at Philly Community College tonight, you know? Amazon five-star reviews. Amazon five-star review the ooze. It's time for Amazon five-star reviews, five-star reviews. I love this movie. I've been working hard at losing weight and getting into shape. I use the gym four times a week and keep exercise at home. I use Rocky three as my inspiration. So far, I've lost 85 pounds keeping the eye of the tiger. Why did this guy train like Paulie and eat and drink his face off? Who uses movies as inspiration, you fucking uninspiring dildo? Do you use do you use Marky Mark from Boogie Nights before you have sex? I can get hard. I can fuck. First line of the next review. James is laughing. Thank you. Parentheses. Okay. The following the following review was written by Karen's husband Ted. Just so you know. Hate that guy. Mr. <laughs> Ted's a queef. Mr. T- Mr. T is ready to open up a can of whoop ass, but underestimates Balboa's determination and persistence in the final fight. I still stand up and cheer as Rocky takes the abuse, but keeps fighting like a pit bull against Mr. T and realizes that Mr. T ain't so bad. You ain't so bad. A truly remarkable victory for Rocky. The first complete victory since parts one and two were considered a tie. Remember? No, they were not a tie. And by far the most entertaining boxing film of all time. Rocky, Rocky, Rocky. This asshole is someone who claps at the end of the movies in the theaters, right? We know that, right? (laughs) Without a question. Next one. It's a movie. I mean, I kind of agree with that one. Yeah, that's no one's going to fight that one. You can't argue with that. (laughs) No, that's that's perceptive. This is one of my classic guy movies that I have to watch once a year. Great with cigars, dinner, drinks, and the fellas on a Friday night. 
the fellas. Maybe they pause in that scene where they frolic in the surf again. I see where this is going. And we're all in our cutoff shirts and short shorts. <laughs> the crop tube socks. <laughs> Amazon. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, can I be Thunderlips? That's what I've already called you when you're not on. With those, with that butthole of yours, James, there's <laughs> nothing else to call you but Thunderlips. Amazon one star reviews. <laughs> Amazon One Star Reviews. It's time for Amazon One Star Reviews. Amazon One Star Reviews. It was a scary movie from start to finish. Best one ever. (laughs) I don't think this person understands what a one star review is. (laughs) I'd say the reading comprehension is a one star. How about you, fellas? (laughs) just a bad movie really the action in the ring is laughable the plot antagonist are better than the execution of it at least stallone seems to have thought of better his 80s ego trip movies when doing his remakes and has taken a more realistic approach to presenting heroes these days but that does not keep this movie from being painful to watch it's true the expendables right so much more realistic as a as a cinematic masterpiece didn't you watch the last Rambo where it was Rambo doing Home Alone? <laughs> <laughs> I have colleagues who might read the who I sorry, I have colleagues who might read this. So even if I did enjoy this film, I could not admit it, admit to it on this quasi public site. Amazon's quasi public. Signed Edward Snowden. <laughs> Let some monster pound the living hell out of you until he gets tired. Then when he's tired from beating up on you, you knock him out. I tried it once. It didn't work. I thought I could, <laughs> I thought I could beat up a guy. By con- <laughs> this is good. I thought I could beat up a guy by continuously banging my face against his fist. I figured when his hand got tired, I could wear out his foot and leg, slamming my stomach against it. Never made it. <laughs> That one made me fucking chuckle a lot. It's like that Eddie Murphy bit about when Italians see Rocky. <laughs> hey, Rocco! I want a box, a box of juju. Yeah. Juju bees. Yeah. What'd you say? Yeah. Excuse me, little man. You just must have seen Rocky. <laughs> Kevin Israel, did James Gavsey gut the yes. sacred cow? I'm torn about this one. I agreed with so much. I agreed with so you, much you, that he said. You know I'm right. You know, I, yeah, yeah. You know, you you made a, you listen. You made a great point, but it's fucking Rocky. I yeah! can't say you. Oh did. Jesus! I oh, Jesus! I can't. And oh you know, God. I I agreed. I agree with so much of it, but I I think this movie still stands. Oh, it's just it's just such a it's, but the cast and everything is just such a powerhouse movie. It's just such. I, I I, the movie I just overwhelms you with eightiness. It does. It does. But, you know, look, Rocky four, Rocky four, you're even when they're not fighting, when there's not a montage, you're in it. You're hooked. The dialogue is there, everything. You're not hooked in this. This is bullshit. James, how, James, how old are you? Uh, I something. So you're, you're Gen X. Yes. OK, so I think here's the thing. If you were a millennial or after and you came in and you made these points, I think I would I'd be like, all right, he he can't get it. He doesn't get the import of this movie and the significant and the character, like he does it, but because you lived in the same time that KG and I lived. Yeah. You got it. I mean, you can't, you can't ignore just the craziness of this cast and the characters they set up. You're so, you're sorry. Listen, I do a lot of writing, right. And I, I really pay a lot of attention to the structure and this has to happen by this page and this, and this movie is like, it's not breaking the rules. It's trying to pigeonhole shit into a wall to kind of fit the fucking format. Even it was if you just were a millennial. You still know Mr. T is a bad motherfucker and can legit put him in a fucking wheelchair, sipping a straw, sipping SpaghettiOs through a straw. And although his speech would not change you because you don't walk like this, you know, Mr. T can fucking cripple him. So this is, it doesn't matter how old you are. You know that this is a truly a bad person. He comes from a place where he had nothing and he, fought and clawed to just run up the ranks of boxing and he did and he can fuck that's why this is still a fucking great villain you know what my theory about clever lang by the way real quick is that the reason he disappeared from rocky is because he became a bond villain 
<laughs> Think about it. He had everything to become the perfect James Bond villain, right? That, that's my theory. Do you expect me to talk, Clubber Lang? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Hmm. Oh, hmm. I mean, this just writes itself. Doesn't it? James Gasby, shout it out again. What are you up to? Where can we find you? Sure. Well, you can find me uh, being the host of the Who Would Win show uh, available on uh, YouTube, Facebook, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Also, my new series, Superhero Diaries, with Phil Lamar doing a live action Green Lantern uh, is available on YouTube. Uh, Lots of great content there. Uh, Check it out. Have fun. Check out our superhero parody comedy series, Superhero Diaries on YouTube. Kevin Israel. KevinIsrael.com for my dates. Comedy is slowly coming back. So I have, uh, I have a bunch of dates this summer and some already trickling into the fall. And then you can check me out on Kevin Hart's uh, Comic Lift. Uh, I was episode six. And also, please leave us a review and a five-star rating on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help. I keep beating this horse and I'm going to beat it till it's dead because we beat horses on gutting the sacred cow. And so just do it. It helps us. It makes us happy. And it helps us in the almighty, ever-powerful, holy algorithm. Number 34 in iTunes movie review, motherfuckers. Recognize KevinGoatee.com is where you can find more chicanery. And like Kevin Israel had said, five-star rating, gutting the sacred cow at gmail.com if you just want to say hi. And we are, oh, I should have brought him with me, selling our stickers. One sticker, three bucks, three stickers for five. DM us your details. Ooh. We'll send them out. That's called value. God damn it. That's called value. Uh, got to DM us wherever you want to. We'll, we'll get them out to you and uh, we'll take it from there. But listen, James, love you to death, man. Always love having you and Ray on. Thank you. Good Always times. an honor. Ah, pleasure is ours. And uh, Kevin Israel, we'll talk to you soon, guys. Take care. Yep. Peace. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.